0: Good evening, I'm Tabby Tyler. And I'm Kate Fritz. And tonight, we both agree that you cannot name your cat Misty Malarkey Ying Ying.
1: So grab a beverage. It's time for a night in. All right, Joe Biden posted something on Instagram a week or so ago, and it really upset me.
0: Was it that stupid thing about him holding a fly swatter and saying Donald Trump really bugs me? Uh,
1: No, but that is really dumb and also frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, it's the one where he's sitting there with what I assume is his dog. And the caption reads, some Americans celebrate hashtag National Cat Day. Some celebrate hashtag National Dog Day. President Trump celebrates neither. It says a lot. It's time we put a pet back in the White House.
0: <laughs> I, I I hate that so much. And it's not that I hate pets. It's just I hate how aggressive Joe Biden
1: reads. It's his entire Instagram is like this. And and I get why some poor intern posted this. The animal angle is huge. Studies have been published over the last five years that indicate that people, A, are more sympathetic to animals over people, and B distrust people who don't like or aren't comfortable around animals. And it's not just Joe Biden who's pushing this. While Joe is pointing out that Trump is obviously the Antichrist because he doesn't like dogs, Elizabeth Warren's trying for a more subtle approach with weekly updates about her golden retriever, Bailey, who has his own selfie line at events.
0: He's such a good boy. He
1: is such a good boy. So so yeah, I get it. But I think the caption is stupid and childish and unfortunately I'm also really annoyed that it's bothered me for like a week and a half because a bunch of articles are saying Donald Trump is the first president not to have a pet and this seemed sort of strange to me, so we had to do a deep dive.
0: I've I've had a lot of fun researching presidential pets. And I found a ridiculous quiz on the internet titled, Do you know your White House pets? (laughs) And I took it, and it turns out I don't. And to be honest, I didn't even realize people got pumped about presidential pets until you pointed it out to me, and I was thrust into the wild world of weekly pet publications, entire
1: encyclopedia entries, and even pet intrigue and scandal. Who can forget about Andrew Jackson's parrot being thrown out of his funeral for bad language? I mean, once you learn that, you can't forget it. But here are some of the quiz questions. Let's see how you
0: do. Who was the president known for walking his pet raccoon on a leash? Coolidge. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, her name was Rebecca, actually. They had two, Rebecca and Reuben. Rebecca was supposed to be Thanksgiving dinner, but the Coolidges fell in love with her and kept her as a pet instead. Uh, also, I want to talk about how they were going to eat her. (laughs) Well, apparently, she was very docile and socialized, and so they couldn't
0: bring themselves to eat her. Also, people ate raccoons for Thanksgiving in the 20s. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) When did turkey start being the thing we eat on Thanksgiving? What's the dark secret there? Is Purdue the De Beers of fowl? De Beers like the diamond. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Do they have a weird monopoly on Thanksgiving? I want to know. (laughs) okay which president had the last pet
0: cow on the lawn of the white house
1: that would be taft and uh fun fact her milk was once sold in souvenir bottles i didn't know any of this and last
0: one which president had a mockingbird named dick who used to fly around his office and take food from the president's mouth
1: that would be jefferson wow yeah, I uh, know my presidents in their pits. This is a niche interest that I didn't realize was so popular. It really is, and there's a long history around presidential pets. So, George Washington's pets weren't that exciting. But his dogs had great names. <laughs> Drunkard, Mopsy, Taster, Chloe, Tipsy, Tipler, Forester, Captain, Lady Rover, Vulcan, Sweet Lips... And
0: searcher. I love how Rover is like such a boy dog name. They had to tell you no, she's a lady Rover. She
1: is the lady Rover,
0: but, ma'am. <laughs>
1: <right>? <laughs> but because he didn't live in the White House, neither did his pets. No, the first pets to live in the White House were actually those of John Adams, which included a dog named Satan. <laughs> then of course there's Thomas Jefferson's mockingbird Dick, who sang along as he played his violin. And then it's pretty boring until you get to John Quincy Adams, who happened to have an alligator for four months and domesticated silkworms for his wife. She spun her own silk, which I didn't
0: realize was a thing. I bet that was as trendy as arranging diatomes was in the Victorian age.
1: <laughs> Riveting. Uh, <laughs> we then go through a lot of horses, dogs, and birds for a bit, including the aforementioned foul-mouthed parrot of Andrew Jackson. But it's worth noting that Abraham Lincoln's dog Fido is why we call dogs Fido. And he, too, was assassinated.
0: After Lincoln, we have our old friend Andrew Johnson. Remember, last week we talked about his impeachment? Well, evidently during his impeachment hearings, he spent a lot of time in his bedroom and made friends with a family of mice he called the Little Fellows, much to the frustration of his daughter Martha, who had taken it upon herself to eradicate the
1: rodent population of the White House. Rutherford Hayes had the first Siamese kitten to reach America and creatively named it Siam. And we can't
0: forget about Benjamin Harrison's opossums, Mr. Reciprocity and Mr. Protection. And he loved those opossums. (laughs) They were allowed to just run around the White House. And there's pictures of him holding them on his shoulders. They're so majestic. I know.
1: And so ugly. They are. (laughs) (laughs) Though... Of all the presidents, my favorite president in terms of pets is definitely Teddy Roosevelt. The Roosevelts had a literal menagerie. He had so many, but my favorites include one belonging to his daughter, Alice, who was apparently a riot. She smoked, played poker, and carried her snake named Emily (laughs) Spinach in her purse and showed it off at, quote... Unexpected occasions. What merits an unexpected occasion? I'm really hoping it's like a dinner party and she's seated next to an ambassador that she (laughs) nudges with her elbow and she's like, hey, look down. Opens her purse and there's a snake. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's also Josiah, the badger. Josh for short, who was apparently a family pet after he was gifted to the president on the campaign trail by a 12-year-old girl. He was given a special enclosure at the White House and was apparently pretty tame, with the exception of a few, quote, nips here and there, that lasted for a while until his nips became too much to handle and uh, he was donated to the Bronx Zoo. This was the first presidential zoo gift from Roosevelt, but it would not be the last.
0: And then, of course, there were his guinea pigs.
1: Uh, I think you mean Admiral Dewey, Bishop Doane, Dr. Johnson, Father O'Grady, and Fighting Bob <laughs> Evans. <laughs> I can
0: just imagine him with his, like, mid-Atlantic accent. Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Such is my pep talk for fighting Bob Evans, my prized guinea pig. <laughs>
1: well and uh don't forget about bill the lizard or bill the hyena who along with joe the lion <laughs> was also donated to the zoo
0: from there on we have a number of animals like cats dogs cows raccoons the menagerie of the coolages and then we get to fdr whose pets were relatively innocuous but one pet who has lived on an in infamy enter falla the scottish terrier This dog was FDR's favorite, and they did everything together, a behavior his political opponents attempted to exploit. When visiting the Aleutian Islands, a rumor was started that the president had accidentally left Fala behind on the islands and that he misappropriated taxpayer dollars to have a warship retrieve his dog. Obviously, the story was fabricated for political gain, and FDR denied it with a speech that would make the annals of political history. Colloquially referred to as the Fala speech, FDR expressed the concerns of his dog about the slander being thrust against him.
2: These Republican leaders have not been content with attacks on me, or on my wife, or on my sons. No, not content with that. They now include my little dog, Pallas. <laughs> palace (laughs) scotch. And being a Scotty, as soon as he learned that the Republican fiction writers in Congress and out had concocted a story that I'd left him behind on an illusion island and had sent a destroyer back to find him at a cost to the taxpayers of two or three or $8 8 or $20 million. His Scotch soul was furious.
1: <laughs> Fala is Scotch, and his Scotch soul
0: was furious. The Fala speech was extremely popular and showcased
1: how a pet could be used as political leverage for success. And no one benefited from this more than Richard Nixon. Right, with the infamous Checkers speech... We
0: should take this moment to address how this speech was given before he was ever president of the united states and how it should have been a giant warning sign about his moral character before he ever made it into the office of president
1: yes but have you seen what a good boy checkers was (laughs) such a good
0: boy so how was it that nixon ended up delivering the checkers speech
1: well this was in 1952 when he was running as dwight eisenhower's vice presidential candidate Nixon was accused of misappropriating campaign funds in a controversy known at the time as the fund crisis. The controversy surrounding the issue was so bad, he was at serious risk of losing his place on the Republican ticket. So to gain control of a political narrative that was fast slipping out of his grasp, he flew to Los Angeles and delivered his speech, which was received by the largest television audience in history at the time. He reversed the story, attacked his opponents, and in a genius move, humanized himself by admitting that the family did accept a campaign gift, and that gift was the dog Checkers, and that they were going to keep that dog.
2: It was a little Cocker Spaniel dog in a crate that he'd sent all the way from Texas. Black and white, spotted. And our little girl, Tricia, the six-year-old, named it Checkers. And you know, the kids, like all kids, love the dog. And I just want to say this right now, that regardless of what they say about it, we're going to keep him.
1: How moving. Yeah, uh, people love dogs enough that they miss all the red, neon-lit, shrieking flags. (laughs) Speaking of red
0: flags, can we talk about the Kennedy hamsters and how they could be an allegory for the tragedy of Camelot? <laughs> Quoted from the website, the presidential pet museum, Kennedy animal wrangler Trape's Bryant describes the hamsters in his book, quote, there was a family of hamsters like something out of a Greek tragedy. First, one hamster drowned itself in the president's tub. Then the others were eaten by their father. But the final act beat all. The mother hamster killed the father and then died herself, probably of indigestion. End
1: quote. <laughs> well... It's not all that bad. Remember, Pushinka, the dog sent to Kennedy during the height of the Cold War by Nikita Khrushchev. Talk about nuance. Pushinka was the daughter of the Soviet dog Strelka, who orbited the Earth 17 times in Sputnik 2. Nothing says we beat you in the space race like the offspring of a successful space dog. And when she had puppies, JFK called them Pupnicks. Can we just settle all matters of democracy this way? Now let's talk about some presidential cats. Obviously.
0: I feel like presidential cats don't really get the recognition they deserve.
1: That's because sometimes they're shrouded in controversy themselves. How? Well, look at Jimmy Carter's cat. Oh, yeah. The Siamese cat with the unfortunate name. Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. Well, at least there's a sick jazz song named after It's just so rough. You don't oh. do that. No. <laughs> and then, of course, there's
0: Socks, the Clinton cat. It was extremely popular, even to the point of having its own webpage merch,
1: and national narrative. Do you know that when I was a little kid, I had a postcard book of Socks the Cat that I got on a trip to the White House? Um, but anyway, Socks, for all his popularity, had an infamously strained relationship with his roommate, Buddy the Dog, who came into the equation during Clinton's second term. Clinton said
0: he did more, by the way, of the relationship between Israel and Palestine than he could ever do to make amends between
1: Socks and Buddy. Hillary said that Socks despised Buddy from first sight, instantly, and forever.
0: Socks eventually went to go live with Buddy Curie, the purported
1: liaison between Bill and Monica. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Well, uh, the Bush's cat, India, was so offensive to the people in India, they burnt an effigy of the president. I just don't understand
0: standing so obstinately by a name even after people light your image on fire. Right? The cat
1: even had a nickname, Willie. I don't know why they didn't just run with that. She was a cute kitty, though. Alright, can we talk about the presidents who didn't have pets? Do we have to? It's just, it's interesting to examine the political scrutiny presidents are subject to when they don't like animals.
0: I mean, you said it earlier, people are less trustful of individuals who don't like animals. Let's look at some of these presidents. Polk didn't have pets. Technically, Andrew Johnson only had mice, who I'm sure his daughter eventually killed. And honestly, I'm not sure silkworms count as pets, John Quincy, so you don't get to have them.
1: And Truman didn't like dogs. And it's funny, because he's misquoted all the time as saying, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog, when he literally called a puppy stupid once. (laughs) And Trump does not have a pet. Yeah, but I somehow feel like that's the least disingenuous thing Trump has ever done. And when you think about these presidents,
0: what feelings come to mind? For Polk, I think of nothing. For John Quincy, I think of his depressed wife. For Andrew Johnson, I think about how he tried to give the states the power to decide the fates of freedmen. For Truman, I think of the atom bomb. For Trump, I think of his
1: depressed wife. <laughs> That's that's the point though. This isn't just a list of funny anecdotes about presidential pets. It's about the narratives we create for better or worse about these sometimes legendary men based on what public face were shown. There's a correlation or at least a commonality between popular presidents and owning interesting or memorable pets. And I think it's that When you hear about these animals and their stories, you get a glimpse at a side of a very influential man, separated from you by time, class, opportunity, and politics. And that side is human, funny, kind, or mischievous. It gives you a glimpse at their other relationships with spouses and children and staffers. They become accessible in a way that they otherwise aren't. Presidents are complicated. They leave behind messy legacies full of highs and lows, impacts versus intent. And often in that, we lose sight of the human being who got married, had children, and a dog named Fido.
0: We want to thank you again for tuning in every week. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler and France.
1: F-R-A-N-T-Z. And uh, let us know, who's the presidential pet that you liked the most? Is there a story we missed that we shouldn't have? Let us know, and we'll see you next week. Hey, you know Joe Biden posted that picture of him and his dog on National Cat Day? What an asshole.